This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is the Ave Explorers Lenten mini series. I was in the second grade um, at Our Lady Queen of Heaven Catholic School in Miss Tardamella's second grade classroom. And that year, I distinctly remember Lent fell early in the month of February, very early, because Valentine's Day was during Lent. And in second grade, I mean, Valentine's Day is a big deal. You pass out Valentine's to your friends, and you get candy, and the room moms throw a big party. And I remember that year, Lent was like a really big deal in my little seven-year-old mind. We had our first reconciliation coming up, and then we had first communion later on in the spring, and I was like super excited because I knew it was a big deal, and we were a good Catholic family that went to Mass every Sunday, and I was excited to finally be fully part of things. You know, I didn't have to go up there with my arms crossed anymore. Now I would get to receive Jesus, and I was really excited about the sacrament of confession. I mean, a little stressed, as I think most seven-year-olds might be, but but really excited about, about the fact that I was going to get to go in that little room and say everything that I'd done wrong and then come out, and as our teacher had continually told us, you're going to feel so much better. So I really thought long and hard that year about Lent and decided I was going to give up, like, the hardest thing for a seven-year-old, candy. And then here came Valentine's Day, which was during Lent, and I'd kind of forgotten. And I distinctly remember sitting in class with my little decorated shoebox with the slit cut out of the top where you could put your put your Valentines in and, and walking around the classroom and, and putting Valentines in all my friends' boxes and dropping off those little Smarties, Sweethearts candies that my mom let me get my, for my friends that year and going back to my seat and opening up the lid and, and looking into my box and all of this candy that I couldn't eat. And a friend of mine leaned over. That friend will remain, remain nameless for their own protection, though we are still friends today as adults. She leaned over and she said, oh, come on, it's not that big of a deal. Jesus won't care. And it's so funny to me that I remember that. I mean, I, I have a pretty good memory for, for moments that I think are pretty transformative in a young person's life, especially my own. But, but I distinctly remember, oh, Jesus won't care. You can just have a little bit of candy. And I did. I totally did. I totally ate some Hershey's Kisses. I totally stuffed my face full of M&Ms. And I got home and like there were some empty candy wrappers in my box. And I was showing my mom on my Valentine's. And she just very casually asked me, oh, I thought you were giving up candy for Lent this year. She didn't, she didn't pressure me. She didn't fuss at me. She didn't, you know, make me run to confession a month early. She just kind of pointed out to me that when we make a commitment, it's important to stick to that commitment. It's kind of like that conversation I had with my student years later, you know, sacrifice is important. But my mom was really sure to impress upon me that it was okay that I'd messed up my Lenten sacrifice, that it was okay that I'd, I'd made a mistake, that I could always start over again the next day, that my Lent wasn't ruined and that Lent wasn't over and that I wasn't in trouble. And I think that's a really important thing, for both for a seven-year-old to hear in the second grade, but also as a 30-year-old mom who is walking through Lent uh, as, a, as a wife, as a, as a speaker, as, as a person who works in ministry, it's, it's really important for me to continue to remember that. I think it's important for all of us to remember that, that it's okay if there's a, a few mistakes throughout the course of Lent, there's always tomorrow. 
and that we really are just called to take it day by day, bit by bit, little by little, walking through the desert, not at a full-blown sprint. This is, this is a marathon, right? This is a, a day by day, 40 days in the desert together. And there's really no way to mess it up if we are committed to paying attention to how the Holy Spirit's moving through us throughout the Lenten season. And we're paying attention to how Christ is inviting us to go a little deeper in our faith. That's our topic today. Really how you can't mess Lent up. You can't fail at Lent. The only way to really fail at Lent is to not try at all. But if you try even just a little bit, make some sort of an effort to pray and to fast and to give alms and to to put that spiritual effort in to grow a little closer to Christ as you walk through the desert, then then that's going to be a fruitful Lent. That's going to be a valuable Lent. Someone who knows this very well is uh, author Gary Zemak, who wrote a fantastic book for Ave Maria Press, Give Up Worry for Lent, which I really think is probably the thing that a lot of us need to give up. We had Gary on season two of Ave Explorers talking about anxiety and stress and mental health and really kind of giving us some great advice on how to cope with living with anxiety, how to thrive, even though you might be a professional worrier. And so this conversation today, Gary kind of goes a little deeper into that about specifically how sometimes we stress ourselves out about Lent. We go into it guns blazing, ready and excited, and this is going to be my best Lent ever. And then like day 15, we're exhausted, and day 25, we just really want that soda. And by day 30, we've totally given up, and we think, oh, I failed, and this was the worst Lent, and I'm a horrible person, and Jesus hates me. And that's not the case And Gary offers some really great insights today, both from his book, from his own life, from his travels, from his writing. He offers some insight into what we can do to not only ensure it's a good Lent, but to walk into Lent knowing it's a good Lent no matter what. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Gary Zemak, who is an author for Ave Maria Press, who wrote Give Up Worry for Lent. And remember, you can go on to Ave Maria Press's website, and you can find his book as well as all the other Lenten resources. And if you use the code EXPLOREELENT, in all caps, you'll get 25% off your whole order plus free shipping. So you can grab Gary's book, you can grab the Lenten devotionals, you can grab things that will help make this a fantastic and fruitful Lent, which, as Gary's going to tell us, you're going to have anyway. So enjoy this conversation with author, speaker, and writer, Gary Zemak. So Gary, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Hey, Katie, it's always great to be here with you. Yeah, so your last episode was wildly popular um, with our awesome. first listeners. So many folks reached out and said they were they were so grateful about the conversation on anxiety and not just how to avoid it, but really how right. to live with it, how to cope right. with it. Right, right, right. Um, and so it kind of is like a follow-up. To those of you that didn't listen to that episode, we, we have it down in the show notes, or those of you that want to listen to it again. But tell us a little bit about your work specifically in fighting anxiety and chronic worry and kind of what your, what your quick tips are. You know, um, man, Katie, it's just such a blessing that the Lord allows me to do what I do. I, my goal is to bring people closer to Jesus Christ, but my main target are people who struggle with anxiety people who are worriers, because that's me. I'm an anxious person by nature. And, and I really think uh, you mentioned um, something really key when you talked about the fact that um, 
and I think this was a previous discussion we had, the fact that this is not necessarily something we can cure in our lives. I, I'm, I'm always going to be an anxious person by nature. That's my nature. That's the way I respond. But one day at a time, with the Lord's help, I can be at peace. And I think that's the key. Like a diabetic uses insulin, the diabetes can't necessarily be cured, but it can be managed. We can manage this. And my secret is every day I connect with Jesus Christ on a, on a very deep level. I start my day in prayer. I read some scripture. I go to daily mass. I go to confession as often as I can. And by doing that, I get the grace that I need to be at peace. It's not me bringing the peace about. It's me turning to Christ and saying, Lord, please help me, please walk with me. And then he, as the Prince of Peace, gives me the peace that I seek. Mm -hmm. So you said something there, day by day, kind of walking one day at a time, bit by bit. You know, my my husband and I wrote a Lenten book, Lent One Day at a Time for Catholic Teens. And and the whole point of it was walking through Lent, not like thinking of all 40 days at once, but really trying Mm -hmm. to go through it piecemeal. And I, I think that's maybe a lot of people that are listening to this, especially knowing that you're our guest this week, right. they walk into Lent already anxious that they're going to mess up, already yeah. Oh, yeah. at that, yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm going to forget that it's a Friday, or I'm not going to fast anymore, <laughs> my prayer is going to be uh, somehow unsuitable, and, and God's going to be angry at me. Yeah. But the person that struggles with anxiety, how can Lent be hard? Yeah. Um, first of all, man, there's so many directions I could go there. The first thing, uh, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, that's why I wrote Give Up Worry for Lent as a daily devotional, because one day at a time, or literally sometimes one minute at a time, we can do this. We can experience peace and grow closer to the Lord. But somebody who struggles with anxiety, who likes to control, like me, uh, who might sometimes border on scrupulosity, if I don't do this, then something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Let could be challenging. And I remember in the past, you know, I always would try to, uh, I would try to go to daily mass for Lent, even when I was younger, but then somewhere, or I would try to give up sweets or something else, uh, any number of different things, but somewhere along the way, two weeks in, three weeks in, I would fail. I'd mess up one day. And the way my personality is, I would say, oh, that's it. I just quit now because I failed, okay. right? I'm yeah. done. So it's either one or the other, all or nothing. But that's not the way the Lord wants us to be. He just wants us to try. And if we mess up, we get up and we try again with his grace. The devil, on the other hand, is going to try to tell us, you messed up. You're never going to get this right. You're going to mess up Lent forever, so you might as well not even try. Personally speaking, I don't think you can mess up Lent. As long as we try to get closer to the Lord, give it our best shot, you can't mess it up. But we can't. We also have to be careful that we don't let the devil get in our ear and convince us otherwise and discourage us. Yeah, it's not so much about winning Lent. Right. It's not like I have to be first across the finish line. It's just I have to. I have to run the race. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. And if we're not careful, it can become all about us. Another another reason I w- wrote "Give Up Worry for Lent" was because in the past. I would come up with the ideas. I will give up sweets. I will yeah. give up this. All right. It's, and, and you start to feel good about yourself, but what would happen to me and believe it, believe me, I am all for fasting. It's part of Lent. Fasting is right. a good thing. But when we lose, lose sight of why we're fasting, that it's not about us, that I'm not just such a super Christian because I gave up chocolate. You know, when, when we lose sight of that fact that it's about the Lord 
and it's not about me, then we've got a problem, and then we should really be careful. That's why I came up with the idea of give up worry for Lent, because that's something that can really benefit our, us spiritually. If I make it through Lent, didn't eat cake the whole time, but didn't grow closer to Christ, was it really any good? Right. You know, that's the question. Yeah, I mean, it's I can I can pray a rosary every single day of Lent, but right. if I'm not actually contemplating the life of Jesus, was I just saying the words? Was I just going through those motions because that's what I thought I had to do? And so, for, yeah, yeah. So for the anxious or the worried person, the scrupulous person, I feel like these, these prayer, fasting, alms giving, they can be almost like these rules that are placed upon us that can create this barrier to actual yeah. growth if we exactly. if we think of them as rules instead of as opportunities, you know? I love that. Opportunities, exactly. But for a long time, I thought of them as rules. This is what I have to do. And I hated Lent. I yeah, really did. Right. I don't, it's like, oh, no, I have to fast, you know? But now now I'm getting it a little bit more as I grow older. I'm, I'm growing in my faith, I would like to think. And I'm understanding that these are opportunities, opportunities to draw, draw closer to Christ, mm -hmm. to walk with him on that journey to Jerusalem, to pick up my cross. But when I do it with him in mind and with his help, it becomes a lot easier. It becomes sweet. It becomes pers uh, uh, definitely doable. And it becomes uh, something that can help me in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So of those three, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which one is your favorite to focus on? I mean, it's kind of a weird question to ask. No. But like, which one do you, you look forward to the most now that you've figured out how to give up that concept of worrying around Lent? Can I tell you which one I dislike the most? But it's so funny, but the way you say that, I personally just dislike fasting because it's hard. Yeah. But, here, but here's the funny thing is, I've learned to appreciate it because I would come up with so many different reasons to avoid fasting. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just giving up candy. As, as I just said, you, yeah, you can do it for the wrong reasons, but fasting can be beneficial mm -hmm. because it helps me to control my passions. And if I can fast from food that I like, well, then maybe I can more easily fast from sin when something appears attractive to me. So of the three, I just had to throw that in because fasting has been difficult for me, but I, I've grown to appreciate it. Um, I really like prayer. I really like prayer because, and again, that's been a journey for me because now I realize prayer is the time I get to hang out with the Lord. I get to have this, this relationship with and this encounter with the Lord, as opposed to, okay, I got to pull out my prayer book and this is, I have to pray these prayers. I got to get through these, but it's something I have grown to really appreciate. Does that mean I am always uh, on the top of my game when it comes to feeling the, uh, the effects of prayer? No. A lot of days I don't feel it, but there's still something special. I know even intellectually, I know about having this encounter with the Lord and I do appreciate prayer and it helps me grow closer to him. Yeah. I mean, prayer, I, I heard Mark Hart say one time that prayer is not a part of your relationship with God. It is your relationship. Wow. With God. Yeah. Um, and that really changed it the switch flipped in my head. I was like mm -hmm. 16 years old when I heard him say it. And I was like, Oh, it's not just something I do. It's kind of yes. everything. It's, it's kind of the whole point of all of this is talking to him. And Lent gives us, I mean, the church and her wisdom says, look for yeah. these 40 days, we really want you to concentrate on that yep. because we're, we're walking to Calvary so that we can walk that road with him more intentionally and more purposefully. Um, with all that said, though, the worry person, the anxious person, um, mm -hmm. how how can we avoid the pitfalls of 
um, is my prayer correct? Is my prayer okay? Is my, is this enough? Am I saying oh. the right things? Like that's, I know for me, sometimes that's, I get in my own head. So what, maybe what's a way that we can avoid that as we're walking through Lent? First of all, it sounds like you're reading my mind with those yeah. thoughts because I do that too. Like, okay, I didn't pay attention to those words in, in the Our Father. I better start over. You know, right. I, that's I can tend to be that way. I was a software developer for 30 years, so I'm a black and white person. I'm an analytical person. It's either this way or that way. So yeah, that's a problem. Um, I think one of the one of the things we can do is just realize that our prayer doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't just, it doesn't have to be worded just the right way. I think for me, it helps me to know that when I'm in the Lord's presence, like later today, for instance, I'll spend some time at, during, uh, uh, at adoration before the Lord in the, the chapel for, for my parish. I look at the Lord when he sees me coming in saying, Gary, it's good to see you. And he's happy. He's just happy by my presence. He doesn't really care as much about what I say. For me, that helps me to know that he's just happy that I showed up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say to him, Lord, I don't have it today. I'm just not feeling it, but I'm going to give you what I got. And that dialogue begins to ease my mind when I have that dialogue with him. And then I relax and realize that just being in his presence is really what matters. Yeah, that's that's really profound. You're, he's happy to see us. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like... He is. A, a parent whose child comes and visits them after, you know, moving out of the house and they have their own job and they have their own life. Like that parent hopefully doesn't have an agenda right. of things that they have to talk about. They're just grateful that their child is home and, and is laying on the couch watching TV the way they did when they were a kid or sitting at mm -hmm. the dining room table, sharing a favorite meal. You know, it's, it's time together. And I think Lent gives us a unique opportunity to pursue that time in an intentional way. Um, so let's flip it positively then. Okay, right. so we know that this is what we're called to. What are some things you you especially like to focus on in prayer, uh, in fasting and giving alms during Lent? Like what are some of your favorite Lenten practices to incorporate into that 40 days? Good question. Well, I, I definitely do appreciate the, um, the sacrificial aspect of Lent. I mean, I might not always like it, but, but I've grown to really appreciate that when it comes to almsgiving, I like it to hurt a little bit. So I'll forego something I might enjoy and then give the money to the poor and or something like that. So that I want to feel it a little bit because I want to, I want to unite my suffering, however small it may be with the suffering of Christ. And, and to, to, because I think if you don't feel it, or if you're just going through the motions, it, it doesn't really have, it doesn't really produce the same fruits in your life. So that's one thing. Um, I, I just love the fact that Lent begins on a set day and it ends on a set day. So you've got that starting point and that end point. And I think for me, that's important because we can easily put this off to the future. You know, one of these days I've got to fast more, I've got to pray more, I've got to spend more time doing spiritual reading. Well, sometimes that never gets done. But we have that starting point. When Lent begins, okay, it's time. Let's do this. And by the time you're done, hopefully some of that, and I've seen this in my own life, has become a, a habit. And we carry, uh, we carry it through even after Lent is over into our, into our daily lives. So I like to use a series of meditations. I have a series of books that I use for Lent. I did the same thing for Advent. I had a great Advent this year. Um, but... It, it's 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 the point the point uh, the, 
the point I want to make is that it, it's a conscious decision. I've got a, a series of things that I really, I, I really, I don't want to use the word force myself to do, but I don't want to not do them. Right. Because right. it's too easy to just say, I, I, you know what, I don't feel like praying today. Well, I, that didn't work when my kids were young and my wife and I would have to wake up in the night if they were sick or if they needed to be fed. We couldn't say, you know what, well, I don't feel like doing it tonight. That's what love's all about. So I do have the, the series of routines that I put into practice every day, especially during Lent, so that I can uh, really try to grow closer to the Lord and let him know that I'm willing to sacrifice for our relationship. It's the doing. It's the doing. Yeah. You know, in some sense, the church says, like, this is what you're supposed to do. You figure out a way that works for your spirituality. You figure out a way mm-hmm. that allows you to draw closer to Christ. And then it takes 30 days to make a habit, right? So, mm-hmm. so the church says 30 days plus 10, by the time you hit the end of Lent, that, that daily prayer, it becomes something, it's a muscle that you've built. That, yeah. that decision to forego that soda first thing in the morning or that extra cup of coffee mm-hmm. at that two o'clock slump, yeah. like that, this might be a moment and a chance for you to focus a little more on Christ and a little less on yourself. Um, so last question then, if you have a piece of advice for people here right at the start, right? This is right, the very beginning right. of the 40 day experience. Um, and it's the same way that like new year's resolutions, we, we start off strong and then like maybe like week three or four, we start to kind of dip a little bit. And by week six, we just give up. What's your word of encouragement to stick with these things that we've committed to these things that we know that the Lord is inviting us and calling us to what's, what's kind of your, your punch in the arm for everybody as we walk into this Lenten season. The main thing I would say is you can't mess Lent up. You just can't mess it up. Just keep going, try your best. And I would also say, um, again, because I'm a black and white person, this is hard for me sometimes, but I've learned that it can be very beneficial is to, as Lent progresses, continue to ask the Holy Spirit, is there something else I should be doing? Should I be changing something? And don't be afraid to modify your plan of action in the middle of Lent. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we get our ideas for what we should do during Lent, what we'll give up or what we will do. But maybe the Holy Spirit has another idea. Maybe we need growth in an area that we didn't expect it. So I say, you can't mess it up. And number two, be open to the Spirit. That's perfect. You can't mess it up. I think we're going to name the episode that. You can't mess like up it. Lent. Like it, right? Gary Zemeck. You can't mess it up. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about where we can find your information, where we can find all the stuff that you do. Absolutely, Katie. Thank you. My website is followingthetruth.com. It has all of the information about me there. And um, just one thing while we're talking about Lent. I have a Facebook page I created for Give Up Worry for Lent, the book. Um, So in addition to the daily meditations, I'm going to be responding to the readers on Facebook. So it's going to be an interactive page called Give Up Worry for Lent. And that way they can ask questions, they can challenge some of the verses each day, and we can help one another to give up worry for Lent. That's awesome. Well, we'll put that in the show notes and as well as a link to your book. Um, And we hope everybody does do that. They give up worry for Lent because there's no way that we can mess this up. That's right. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Gary, for your time. My pleasure, Katie. You know, the same way Deacon Kendra last week said that giving up starts with giving, I think Gary said something pretty profound that you can't really mess this up. That if you're working, if you're trying, if you're striving, don't let perfect be the enemy of good when it comes to your Lent. But strive to focus and to pray and to and to do the things that you've committed to doing, but but it's okay if it's a bit by bit, day by day, gradual leaning into the Lenten season. 
This podcast, of course, is uh, hopefully part of your Lenten commitment, something that you want to listen to week by week. And, and you can find last week's episode and all the future episodes, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on AveMariaPress.com if you click on the Ave Explorers link over on the side of the page. Um, as kind of a gift to our listeners, we want to remind you again that there is a discount code that you can take advantage of to buy some books over on AveMariaPress.com to help you through your Lenten journey. And that code is just very simply explore Lent, all caps, all one words, the link down in the show notes. Uh, you'll get 25% off as well as free shipping. And so we really hope you take advantage of that. You take advantage of all the episodes that we're creating. Take advantage of all the stuff that we've created for Ave Explorers over the past few months. But ultimately, we hope that you just have a really fruitful Lent. And we want to help you have that by creating this show, by giving you that code, and by hopefully using some of the resources that we have on our website. So, of course, thanks for listening. We'd be grateful for a review and a rating, as always. Um, and we hope to see you back next week for continued uh, work through our Lenten mini-series here at Ave Explorers. <laughs>